Hey, girl. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I have to tell you, I just started watching the season two premiere of C, starring Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the weirdest show I've ever seen in my life. And somehow I am deeply enthralled, even though I'm not sure I understand what's going on. This is this season has Dave Bautista in it, right? Yeah, so we watched, my husband and I watched season one, like, on a complete binge. I think we, we got through, like, all the episodes in, like, just a few days without realizing that season two was premiering, like, in a few weeks. So it's, like, very fresh in our minds. That's lucky. It is a really unique premise. It's, it's kind of cool to watch an original sci-fi story because you don't really see money. Of those right now. Yeah. And Jason Moe is a beautiful Delicious. man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and like, okay, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know the premise, C is about a post-apocalyptic world where hundreds of years from like our current timeline, there is a population of people that are all blind. Like there was a virus that killed off most of the population and then the, the remaining either lost their vision or, you know, now it's like sighted people don't exist in this universe and jason momoa is this like badass warrior guy who happens to come into care of two seeing babies and he has to like protect them and raise them because they have some higher purpose and alfrey woodard is in it and she's incredible oh i love her yeah and the fight choreography is insane like super beautiful I'm not sure anyone even watched season one, but I'm excited for season two and I'm excited for Dave Bautista because he's so fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. I might, I might do that. I might watch that after I, I'm currently watching The Boys. So. Yes. I did not want to watch it when season one aired. It was recommended to me. And I was like, I don't really want to watch that. I'm (laughs) done with superheroes. And so I didn't. And then season two started, and then it was like, no, you really have to watch it. And I was like, "Mm, I don't really want to. And then, you know, being a recovering Supernatural fan, I... Oh, no. When I found out that Jensen Ackles was going to be in season three, which is coming sometime next year, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe I should watch it, you know, just so I know what's going on, because I'm obviously going to watch it if Jensen Ackles is on it. And... So I started watching it. I watched four episodes the first night oh and I watched three more last night. Yeah. And I love it. it whatever I thought that it was going to be is nothing like it is. And it's actually like quite good. Uh, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. I love Jack Quaid. He's so <laughs> cute. Such a adorable beta. <laughs> yeah. He, but he's like great because he's like not he's not like macho he's not no. like full of himself he's just like everything is terrible I don't want to do this yeah and I I love that he's like oh god he's just such a like average dude yeah no but that's great and I like that because yeah. he still he still like manages to like do like some pretty interesting amazing things and you know and is like a a definitely like huge significant part of their team mm-hmm. um so yeah no I really enjoy that sort of interesting dynamic that you don't see very often and I kind of love this whole like Captain America-esque guy as like the very opposite of everything that Chris Evans Captain America embodies so 
<laughs> I thought that was very interesting and a very hot take and it was I like it I like it a lot I can't wait to see season two so I'm just like trying to like mainline it as much as I can <laughs> yeah I'm gonna try really hard not to spoil anything but season two is is absolutely unhinged and I loved every single second of it I I think it's such a funny smart show and I love that it really gets to the core of like if superheroes were to exist would they be commodified and exploited for like you know all sorts of different reasons yes yes exactly yeah (laughs) for sure so yeah no I'm really enjoying that so I am gonna have I'm gonna try to finish season one this week because I'm going on vacation on Friday for the first time in like um two and a half years (laughs) so I'm so excited for you I am very excited it's not very long but it will be actually that's not true it's not it's not too our last like vacation was February of 2020 so right before the pandemic oh my god yeah yeah (laughs) so it's been a while but we're just going to a cottage in the middle of nowhere which is funny you think that I wouldn't want to be around less people but I do Uh, (laughs) and (laughs) oh especially right now yeah and we have barely any cell service and there's no wi-fi at the cottage so yeah, but there is like it's right on the water and there's paddle boards and we're gonna bring the kayaks. So it's gonna be really fun, I think. I hope. Oh my god, there's no there's no Wi-Fi? No Wi-Fi. Jenny, I'm gonna have withdrawal. I know. Well I will I think like there is cell service. Like we're not going that far north. But um I think it just depends like where you are in the cottage. Probably you get cell service on the dock. <laughs> because that's the most open area. So yeah, so we'll see. But I'm looking forward to like five days of quiet. <laughs> Are you going to load up your Kindle with a whole bunch of downloads too? I hadn't really thought it. My Kindle is like, well, normally I just use my phone because my phone is so like large that I can just read off my phone. <laughs> but I actually might bite the bullet and buy the Kindle that I have been putting off buying for a while but I actually might do that and I might just yeah load up some books there are a couple of books that have come out that I want to read recently well not that recently I'm just like massively behind on my to be read list like it's (laughs) so long I just you know a book comes out and I want to support the author and you know half them are my friends so I'm like well I have to buy the book so I'll buy the book and then I'll just be like okay add that to the pile add that to the pile so but there's, I want to read a book. It's like a Hades Persephone sort of story by Katie Robert. And it's apparently really That's good. my shit. Yeah, it's called Neon, Neon Gods, I think. Yeah, that's been on my list for a really long time. Yeah, and then, what else? You had recommended a book to me, but I can't remember what it was. It was a book what you just What did I recommend read. you? you just, oh, you was it the, the M. O'Keefe series I was reading? No, it was, like, you read a, it was the sequel to a book that you had read. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Gollum and the Ginny by Helene Wecker. And then yeah. the sequel is The Hidden Palace. Highly, highly recommend. Everyone yeah, should read so those wanna... books. They're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I love. I I read in spurts. I'll go like six months without even touching a book. And then all of a sudden I've read like seven in a week. And I don't know. I can't yeah. like. Oh yeah, no, I've definitely like, I've even, I even though we're in year two of the pandemic, I still, I know. <laughs> 
Daria is, for people who can't see us, Daria is making the sourest face right now when I said year two of the pandemic. Year two is so, it's, t- I know, I don't, I, I know. don't like it. So yeah, what was I saying? I don't even remember. Oh yeah, that I just have a lot of trouble <laughs> reading books <laughs> because I can't concentrate. And so I just end up reading like the same page over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then, so yes, I've kind of gone on like these, like, like you said, spurts where like, I won't read anything and then I'll be like, okay, I feel like I can, I can focus and and actually, and then I'll bust out like five books and then. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so sorry to my bosses, but I definitely read a whole book the other day (laughs) in between meetings. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, It's just, you know, you don't, sometimes you find one and you can't put it down and like I just yeah the joy of working from home I guess you know oh yeah Uh, yeah I (laughs) do not have that luxury so I'm very (laughs) looking forward to doing that on vacation which also leads me to remind everyone that next week's episode will be a day late it will be coming out on Thursday so that we can record it when I am back from vacation so Daria Jenny what did you think of Friday's episode? Oh my gosh. I I just want to say for everyone who has feelings about season two and where they think it's going and it doesn't have enough conflict and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> season <Suck it>. two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Season two is just way more about internal conflict this season. I mean, like, it's just, it. that's what it is. We don't have... That sort of like outward facing like crazy takedown story. We have characters who are trying to figure their shit out and... And to me, I, I think that's way more captivating. So yeah. for everyone who's got their panties in a twist, mm-hmm. the last two minutes of that episode, I think, really drives home that, like, this is what we're getting this season. And I, for one, am, like, super, super amped for it. So before we get in-depth into sort of the character storylines from this episode, we're just going to do a little summary of the episode to just catch people up, just so they remember sort of everything that happened, because it was a pretty fulsome episode and had a lot of uh, a lot of different people going through stuff <laughs> uh, a lot of people episode. experiencing a lot of things this a episode. lot of things yeah yeah so why don't you start us off Daria perfect all right so with Roy Kent on the coaching staff AFC Richmond is on a hot streak coach Beard is back with Jane which worries Higgins and the rest of us Ted and Nate advise Higgins against telling him, saying it always ruins friendships. Uh, Jamie is upset that Roy will not give him coaching advice. Pushed, uh, Roy tells Jamie that at his core, he's a prick and needs to be less a team player and more his old, selfish, great self. Uh, Asked when he will know when to be a team player and when to be selfish, Roy tells Jamie he'll give him an unmistakable signal. (laughs) Rebecca, who is seeing men from banter while continuing to flirt with that mysterious London 152, gets a visit from her mother, who has just left her father. Nonplussed, Rebecca tells Ted and Keely that it happens every few years, but they will soon get back together. Richmond is in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup against Tottenham Hotspur, uh, and in a close game, all four coaches give Jamie the signal, raising their middle finger at him. Jamie scores... 
um, an unbelievable goal. <laughs> and as Richmond continues to lead, Ted has a panic attack and leaves. Uh, with Richmond in disarray, the Spurs score. When Coach Beard and Roy are unsure what to do, Nate steps in, and his changes win the game. Meanwhile, Rebecca is looking for Ted but just can't find him. It is revealed to the viewer that her mystery banter match is actually Sam, who, uh, and, and like neither of them are aware of that fact. Higgins tells Beard his concerns and Beard thanks him, but still leaves with Jane. And as Dr. Sharon goes to her office to, I guess, close up for the night and join the team for her one drink with them for winning their quarterfinal game, she finds Ted waiting. And he finally, finally, finally asks for help. Oh. Wow. It was a meaty episode. It was. It really was. Like I said, a lot happened. It was a very, it was a very ensemble episode, but there was some clear sort of, I would say, front line storylines. Um, yes. In the episode, I think Rebecca and Jamie probably were the, the sort of like meatiest um, of our storylines for this episode. Yeah, definitely. And I think Rebecca, I think this episode was a really nice setup for what we are hoping we're going to see Rebecca sort of figure out by the end of season two. I mean, like, that's kind of my hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think like a lot was <laughs> revealed for her, but also I think we learned a lot about about her just by like meeting her mom and as Ted says, you know, meeting your mom is meeting someone's mom is an instruction manual on how someone is crazy or why someone is crazy. <laughs> I loved that moment. Okay. So I think I I have to start at the very beginning with Rebecca. I, I just love every I mean Obviously, she's she's on banter to sort of find what she's hoping is like a good lasting relationship, but genuinely loved watching the episode kick off with like her like lounging in bed. Yes. She's got this hot yep. naked man in her kitchen. Her tea. Yeah. Like, and she's so at ease flirting with her banter crush. She's got Luca, I think Luca, right? Yes, Luca. In the kitchen. I mean, she's just so relaxed and zen and happy. And I just, I love seeing Rebecca in that element. I know. I love it for her. I just, it's such a, it's so nice to see that she's kind of living it up, I guess, so to speak, you know, like terms of like from last year where she was. So I know I love, I love this sort of, this whole sort of how, how she's doing. And then of course the wind is just like taken right out of her sails by her mom, Deborah, showing up. I know. I know. And I think Ted's, line about you know meeting moms and how it kind of showcases your like own brand of crazy I mean I think the show definitely follows that track quite a bit whenever we've met someone's parents so far it definitely opens up some you know it answers some questions about you know how we feel about characters we've seen it with Jamie we've seen it with Sam and Nate so getting to see Rebecca's mom is definitely a nice way to sort of indicate like why she is the way she is and how she feels about love and romance and relationships and mm-hmm. all of those lovely things. Yeah, I think so. And I, I thought it was, you know, I really, I, I did love the part where her mom is at the club and they're like yelling to the team from the window and she's just like basically like giving her own like 30 second banter profile to all of yeah. the entire football team but like how good does a lemon lavender mojito sound dude i 
I want. I want. Me too. I want that. That sounded so nice. And you know, I gotta tell you, like, I... I love the transition of like Deborah ending up in Rebecca's kitchen and then we see Rebecca busting open the window during practice to make sure that Ted is available for this lunch they have. And I love that her support yes. system is Ted and Keely. It's like, yes. you know, I I joke a lot about like sort of low-key shipping Rebecca and Ted and like, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants, but I really see such a beautiful platonic soulmate thing happening between them and I I love that and I love that Rebecca immediately thinks that Ted is going to be that person who's in her corner for these kinds of situations yeah and you know she obviously she doesn't I mean she looks fairly uncomfortable throughout the whole lunch so she definitely wanted Keely and Ted there to sort of like be that something like new and shiny for her mom to like kind of wax poetic about her own life too instead of Rebecca maybe possibly being the subject of that who has heard it multiple times or in turn have to talk about her own life which I'm sure she does not want to do oh yeah for sure I mean having Ted and Keely there was so strategic it was like great now my mom can talk to these people they are new to her so they're like a brand new toy that she gets to like play with and I get to just sit back and watch and process in my own way which you know I think that really works for Rebecca in terms of figuring out her her emotional shit exactly absolutely and I thought it it definitely showed us this whole sort of with her dynamic that she has like with her parents and her mom and like the story she tells Higgins um at the game when about how when her mom left her dad the first time I think and she told her mom you know good for you you know you should do that and then what does she say like two weeks later they were back they were back together and she didn't talk to Rebecca for like months yeah like nine months or something yeah so yeah I can see you know we see you know we see Rebecca being like yeah you think people can change Ted even says you know you know some people can change and she's like yeah some people but not her yeah and I I think it's so interesting too to know that like Rebecca's very well aware of the kind of man that her father is Mm -hmm. like she is not on his team whatsoever no (laughs) and then to know that she you know ended up with Rupert mm-hmm. and he was such a disappointment like I, I do think it's 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 putting her now in this mindset where like whoever she's talking to on banter I mean it has to go differently like she has yeah. to want something different than what she's already had and what she sees that her mom has so like mm-hmm. it is really nice to to know that like that's Rebecca's thing she's gonna figure out what makes her happy and what she wants to prioritize in her own way and yeah I love that mm-hmm. and then speaking of like what you were saying about how you know Ted and Rebecca being like soulmates or some sort of platonic soulmates best friends whatever that she knew the moment she saw him start to walk off that field she knew that something was wrong you know she knew the hands in the pockets the head you know scrunched shoulders she knew it wasn't a fish pie (laughs) you know (laughs) like she knew she knew that it was it was something and then you know when she leaves the game to go look for him and then and then her call to him in the car on the way home it's just so good such good writing. I know. And I think, you know, I think a lot of this season, you know, it's it's talked a lot about how, you know, Ted is always putting on this brave face and he's he's always sh- sh- going for optimism and like the only person that seems to understand that he needs help is Dr. Sharon and yeah. I think I think in that moment for Rebecca when she's sitting in the stands and she's watching him leave, she's probably thinking like, what if I missed? 
like what is happening right now that like like I yeah. can very clearly like clearly see his cry for help but I don't understand what prompted it and so yeah I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see in the next episode is how Rebecca reacts to Ted after after everything that happened yeah especially when you know he doesn't call her um or that we know of right so you know and then you know the Rebecca's like sort of storyline for this episode kind of ends you you think it's kind of ending badly you know her mom does go back to her dad kind of just like oh there we go proved my point and so I thought it was kind of interesting that you know she had been texting with well unbeknownst to her Sam yes for the whole day and, you know, and then she said, you know, she's, she wanted to meet him. And then after this whole thing with her, she comes home and her mom is gone. Instead of texting him, she calls Luca for another hookup. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like she's like, ugh, I can't, you know, I can't be bothered with love or whatever because, you know, look what it does. Or look, this is all, this is what, this is what I know about love and it's looks terrible yeah you know and then we got that text message and that amazing cut to and I was just like (gasps) I know I feel a million different ways about the Sam reveal because like okay Sam is I know Sam is 20 years old Jenny he literally just turned 20 I honestly am not even that concerned about the age difference between the two of them more so than the fact that she is his boss. Oh, yeah. The implications are crazy. And I can't. Yeah. The so, power dynamic is a lot. Um, yeah. And I just am very interested to know how they plan on dealing with that. Yeah. I think, okay, here's my, here's my, my prediction. I don't think the show is going to go in that direction. I think they might eventually maybe discover it's, each other that they're talking to but I think a Rebecca knows better than yeah. to like have an affair with one of her players mm-hmm. I think Sam will be low-key way too intimidated to like really yeah. go there but I do think that something about Sam is going to make Rebecca realize that like she is worthy of all of the good stuff the love the affection yeah. the respect the support and I think it's going to prompt her to sort of finally figure out like what she wants i think so too who that is i i don't know but like i know i I don't think it's gonna be sam that's for sure i think it's just like another stepping stone yeah and i think hannah waddingham really had i think i i had listened to an interview with her and she had basically said that yes season two was really rebecca dating a bunch of people and trying to figure out what was for her and so yeah I don't I think that the the lead up and the build up was great I feel like they have been planting these seeds since season one and shout out to Aaron from the heaving bosoms podcast who called this from episode one of season two when we first started watching it she immediately said it's Sam to me (laughs) and uh And I was like, okay, maybe, but yeah, she was right. And yeah, I just, you know, there was like, so the whole thing where he invited her in season one, where he invited her to come to that, the thing where they burnt everything in the barrel Mm -hmm. and that like, she thought he was asking her on a date. And then in episode seven, I think it's seven Mm -hmm. when they are on the away game and they're in the karaoke bar and she sings, let it go. And there's this one part where he like hands her her coat 
and like it is such like a like just little like it's nothing it's like a 15 second scene but like there's just like this (laughs) one beat too long and I just feel like yeah they have definitely been building this you know for a while but I think that's one of the great things about the writing staff Mm -hmm. on this show and like again I bow down to Brad Goldstein for the writing of this episode yes big time brilliant it was so good you know I know it's like a team effort as well so you know hands down to all the writers like it's amazing I love the I love the callbacks in every episode. There's usually one or two. Yeah. You know, so this thing that they've been building with Sam and Rebecca, there was also the great moment at the very beginning of the episode with Laughing Liam. Yes. That was just mm, chef's kiss. Loved it. I'm so glad we finally met the iconic, legendary Laughing Liam. Yeah, it was so good. So yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Sam and Rebecca. Um, I also saw a theory on, I think it was Reddit, that's where I get all my Ted Lasso theories, was that in the show Cheers, the main mm-hmm. character, played by Ted Danson, Sam, mm-hmm. has a relationship mm-hmm. with someone named Rebecca for several episodes. <laughs> Um, played by Christy Alley. So, you know, I don't know. There was some real deep conspiracy theories going on with Cheers and Ted Lasso on, yeah, on Reddit. So, yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. I think we need to talk about Jamie now, though. Yes. Because this was everything my Jamie fangirl heart needed because we have not had enough (laughs) jamie in the last couple episodes no it's been very light on jamie tart the last (gasps) two or three episodes yeah this just like just was like my my bucket overfloweth of love for jamie tart i i love i love this version of jamie tart like i love that he he is not afraid to ask for what he needs oh my god he's asking for help like i yeah and uh, from roy from Roy, of all people. Jamie wants Roy's attention so bad. <laughs> I love it. It's so perfect and wonderful. And it's it's especially fun, too, because, like, Roy has has <laughs> just... The coaching thing comes very naturally to him, right? Like, when we, yeah. when we start out with, like, Jamie's kind of, like, big uh, arc, it's, it's on the field, and Roy mm-hmm. is just, like really casually throwing out all these you know different maneuvers and all these different improvements and and jamie's like waiting for his turn and he's so like ready for it and and roy just completely ignores him i mean he tells ted to take four percent off of his pay so he doesn't have to talk to jamie i mean you can't get (laughs) much more than that oh it's so good i just i love i love i love their chemistry i could watch I could watch 80 hours of Phil and Brett going back and forth. Like, they have amazing banter with each other. They really do. It's such great chemistry. And it just, it's so entertaining. And I, I, again, I think the growth that we've seen from Jamie this season has been so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm still dying to know what, a re- like, what really prompted it, if it really was just getting kicked off of Love Island. And, you know, I have to imagine that he's probably still going to see Dr. Sharon. Like, I don't think it's like a, a it doesn't seem like a one and done thing. Like, I think, um, I have to imagine that with Dr. Sharon, it's not a, like, one and done kind of thing. I think 
with the sort of interactions that other people have had about talking about how Dr. Sharon is here um, for the rest of the season in previous episodes, we're sort of asked to accept that she's just here and she's just talking to the players sort of, you know, on and off. Mm-hmm. And that's becoming more and more prevalent, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that the like the effect that she's had on the team. It seems very obvious to me, like mm-hmm. the way she's influenced them. We gotta talk about Jamie and Roy in the locker room. Oh my god! Finally, like duking it out over the fact that Roy refuses to coach him. Yeah, and just the beauty that is having Brett Goldstein and Phil and Sudeikis in a scene together. I mean, yeah, it was beautiful. It was Watching so them all good. Go, I mean, it was just, yes. it was so funny. It was so good. And like, I love, like, I think probably my favorite, like, quote of the entire episode is from this scene when Ted tells uh, Roy that, you know, Jamie's being the mature one right now in this argument. And Jamie immediately goes, yeah, I'm being super mature, you big, dumb, hairy baby twat. <laughs> never change I god it's just the it's so funny I mean when when they're in the hallway and and Jamie is going for the Keeley effect of just agreeing with everything Roy says and Roy catches on immediately of course he knows exactly what game Jamie is playing yeah and they have that amazing moment of like <laughs> of Roy calling him an ugly baby <laughs> and then with his bad hair but also i just love how oh god phil dunster does such an amazing accent for jamie yes it is just so like i don't know it's just so funny and it's just so perfect and i just love it so much it's it's a beautiful thing if i could if i could like make that i'm an ugly baby like <laughs> if i could make that my ringtone i would because oh it's so good i know i know yeah i just have to say i think i and i please someone correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that the accent is it's a mancunian cunian that's what they call people who are from manchester i believe and that's where jamie is from so i believe that's the accent that Phil is doing, but someone tell me I'm wrong. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Someone tell British us what it step is. in because I sure as hell don't know. Hope. Please yeah. tell us. <laughs> we have a mutual friend she, who's from Manchester, so she should know these things. She should know these things. Uh, I, I, yeah, okay. So, I mean, aside from our, our, like, love and adoration of Phil playing Jamie, I mean, I am really excited to see this part of him. I love too that like yes we have seen this humble jamie we have seen this like more team player jamie but at the core of why we love him it's because he's a big raging pain in the ass yes and roy knows that yes and that's the way you're going to capitalize on his talent is like bringing out the like prick part of him yeah and i i love that that's the direction that we get to see like Yes, it's time to be a team player. Yes, it's time to be a good person. But in the right moments, bring out the asshole part because it's what's going to get us the win. And I loved that. Me too. And I also really loved that he looked so desperately sad when Roy told him he could not be a prick all of the time. (laughs) He 
was just like was... his shoulders just like dropped. He's like, oh, okay. Like, like it's just so much easier for Jamie to just be an yeah. asshole at all times. Because this like being a good person thing is is exhausting for him. I think like it's too much. I know it's too <laughs> it's too much for everyone. Sometimes just being good sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's true. Just being nice. Oh my god, might be nice, but it is tiring. Yeah, <laughs> and. I think what I, I really loved about this episode was, you know, we talk about Jamie. I mean, he's one of the best players, right, that we've seen in the show. And it is cool that we get to see those moments of him playing yes. where he's passing, he's, you know, assisting, he's like, yeah, he's, he's like being a little team fluid player. football mouse, like on the field, like he's just darting around. Yeah. And then Roy and the rest of the coaching staff give him that signal. Yes. So great. The most perfect signal of yeah, all time. Exactly. And it was just, uh, it was epic. It was an epic moment. I mean, it and really that goal, was. like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Does that happen in real life? Again, someone no. who watches football, tell us. No, that was, I mean, even from the little that I know, that was a <laughs> damn near impossible shot. But what was so good about it was that Jamie, and like, I'm definitely putting on the like, fangirl hat right now but it was like so I don't know like hot for him to like get in the other player's head and come and like perfectly predict oh, yeah what the rest of the match was going to look like oh I yeah mean, it for was, sure it was incredible I know I mean he has he has the like strategy and intelligence in his head to know exactly how to play the game and I I love that oh yeah when he sticks out his tongue I'm just like oh I'm done yeah I'm dead and the fact that Roy can pick up on it and he yes. knows yeah. That that, Jamie's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. It's like the two of them understand each other so well, well when it comes to football. Exactly. And, you know, that's, I think that's one of, like, the, the huge pluses for, for the team having Roy as a coach is that he has been literally in, on that field with them. He knows their strengths and he knows their weaknesses because he had to play with them. So I think, yeah, mm-hmm. having Roy on the team as a coach is just such a huge leg up for them now I don't I don't believe that they're just gonna keep winning but (laughs) we'll see I know it 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 seems a little crazy I I don't know it's like for a show about football it's not really about football and so I don't know what we're gonna get out of the end of the season but yeah the winning streak is nice it's nice to see everybody like happy happy and excited and and seeing I loved that part at the end when the team like bursts into the change room and kind of like startles Rebecca which is a little bit like yeah off-putting for Rebecca but once you sort of move past that and you see them just like absolutely losing their minds and like um Sam is like standing on the table like screaming at the top of his lungs it's just the the pure joy on all their faces was so great to see it was it was much deserved after a season of ties and losses and yeah exactly being you know relegated it's it's definitely kind of nice to see them on the up and up at this point now I agree absolutely it is it is nice to see I think I want I think we need to talk about Ted now yes (laughs) because it's kind of like we've kind of seen it through Rebecca's storyline, through Jamie's storyline. You know, we've kind of seen sort of like, you know, we see what's going on with Ted. But there's a couple of things that I noticed in this episode 
that maybe I feel like have been building for a couple of episodes where like his jokes are like over the top like mm-hmm. they're way I don't know like they're they're way more I don't even know what the word is but like they just don't fall they don't land as well as they used to I think they feel a little performative a little yeah maybe that's what it is I just find like them a little he bit, knows like, that he's the, the happy-go-lucky guy yeah, yeah so he's really trying to like lay it on thick to hide mm-hmm. whatever else is going on and I it's I think you I've kind of noticed it over the last couple of of episodes and I think yeah with the beginning of this episode when he's like you know talking to everyone and like being super happy and like he's all like gung-ho about this championship and he's just like and he's just like almost a little bit manic about it like he's super mm-hmm. hyperactive about it and it's just like it's definitely you can tell he's like on the edge right and he's just like really really yeah he's trying to he's he's like overperforming because he's trying to like hide like maybe whatever anxiety that he actually has so I thought that was kind of interesting to to see that it's really you really see I feel like in this episode the culmination or like the sort of precipice of everything that's been building in the last five minus the Christmas episode well I have I have a theory okay about the Christmas episode when it comes to Ted like I've been thinking a lot about his mindset and and the I think the rom-communism episode sort of sparked this for me but like we were talking about it last time that he has just this like super optimistic view on life and he applies these like kind of romantic comedy tropes to his life and like you know everything's gonna have a happy ending and all of this stuff and I kept thinking about that Christmas episode and how it was just so I don't know quaint and cute and everything was happy and there was this crazy you know music in the streets ending and it was so much in the vein of this like happy fantasy okay yes kind of feels like some of these episodes are almost like Ted's own, how do I want to word this? It's like Ted envisioned this like beautiful happy Christmas episode similar to Abed in Community where you're like kind of having this break and like you're going to lean into this fantasy and then it's going to come crashing down. So I feel like from the Christmas episode on we're seeing these like really heightened things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we end where we end here, and I just feel like, yeah, yeah, that's that's sort of my my thinking. I like right now. that. Like, I like that yeah. theory. That that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. A couple things I noticed when Ted is having his panic attack. I don't know. Did you notice like the like the audio when he's having his panic attack? And it was the two of them were one was his kid saying Jamie Tart, mm-hmm. and the other one was Jamie's dad saying yeah. something about you're not what what does he say you're better than that Jamie I think is what yeah yeah so I thought that was odd like what what do you what do you think is like what is that like what do you here's my theory I think let me hear it Ted's dad was a lot more like Jamie's dad than we know Mm. and I think that Ted just has tried to be the exact opposite of it or something like that yeah I I kind of have a feeling that you're on the money here like I I was trying to think right like because you know my husband and I were watching it together and when you know when he started to have the when he started to like clench his fists and like yeah 
have the like you know the, the facial reactions you can feel it you yeah can, like, like feel his face tingling with your own yes like it's a very like physical thing for me to watch that happen and you know my husband was like oh, well, what what could have sparked that like what could have brought this on and for me I was thinking well it's the pressure of winning the game you know like they've had a really mediocre season this is really important for them like and and Jamie is sort of facilitating that win yeah and the crowd is going crazy mm-hmm. but like again why what exactly is it about Jamie that then triggered his you know his son's excitement over Jamie Tard and and Jamie's dad like it isn't an interesting thing for me and I can't quite put my finger on like what exactly it is I just had a thought what if it's the fact that they had to make Jamie be kind of a dick again like what if because that's the personality that Jamie had when he was trying to please his dad like he was that's what he was trying to do right so maybe that's the maybe that was the trigger is that Jamie having to be not who he was to be the person he was when you know to to prove something to his dad or to please his dad maybe in some way that is somehow triggering something in Ted that I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that whatever is going on with Ted it has to do with his dad I'm a hundred percent sure yeah because we've been getting those sort of breadcrumbs now in the last few episodes and and Ted even sort of touches on it um you know a few episodes back and I yeah I, I think it's Partially, you know, I mean, when he brings Jamie back on the team, it's because he knows that not everyone is, like, lucky to have a dad like Sam has, you know? Exactly, yeah. And I think, you're right, I think Ted can probably really relate to that in ways that we haven't quite seen yet, but we will as the season goes on. Yeah. Or, the other thing I was thinking was that Ted's dad was not like Jamie's dad, but that Ted's dad was very depressed. And because he does say that he was harder on himself than he was on Ted. And what Mm. if Ted's whole personality is really based on the fact that he was always, he was just trying to make his dad be happy or not be sad. That's a good theory too. There's a, you know, so there's, there's a couple of things that it could be and, you know, we'll see next see next uh friday what or this friday oh god it's monday isn't it this friday yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens and and what what ted tells uh dr fieldstone i will say though i did a quiet i know it wasn't even that quiet i mean i was really excited to see ted in dr sharon's office yeah like just i was so so ready and like Relieved. major yeah <laughs> major props to Jason Sudeikis because he plays Ted in such a like like lovely way mm-hmm. and, but he's a he's a you know a comedy guy right yeah and it's, it's nice to see the really quiet kind of moments yes for Ted yeah and so seeing him on that couch like clutching that pillow oh, I was like I know oh. I know and like clutching pillows perfect. is a thing in this show like it is it was even if they didn't hadn't they didn't have to say it it's just if you've been watching this show, you know that this this is a thing. You know, it started all the way back in season one when mm-hmm. Keely sits Roy down on the couch and gives him a fuzzy pillow. And she's like, okay, now mm-hmm. you're good to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I really love that, again, they brought these little moments that you wouldn't normally... They might not mean anything if you just weren't paying attention. You know what I mean? But for the people who are like... Yeah watching it multiple times 
<laughs> you, um, it's really nice to like pick up these little like little crumbs that they um, that they've sort of peppered in through. So that was really good, and I did love just the whole Dr. Sharon and like you can see there's just like such deep concern on her face, and she's mm-hmm. not annoyed. I mean, she's startled, but almost immediately after she's startled, she's not angry. She's not. She's not sort of, what's the word? She's not like, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to think of. She's not in opposition against Ted. She's not like annoyed with him. She's like, it's immediately, she's like, are you okay? Because she knows he's not okay. But at the same time, she's not just making that assumption. She's she's letting him come to her and tell her he's not okay. Even in that moment, which I thought was beautiful. I, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that this is where we're going and I'm so excited to see what that looks like because again, right, we haven't seen a single session with Dr. Sharon. Like we've never really seen behind the door and so I'm wondering and I'm hoping that we are going to see that with Ted because I'm, yeah, I gotta know. Yeah, and I think, I kind of actually like that they haven't done that. I like that the, 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 whatever that the players are going through, whatever they're talking through with Dr. Sharon, I like how they're kind of keeping that a little bit confidential like you know because mm-hmm. I, I don't know I just I like the way the uh, the choice that they made like with that to do that in the show yeah and, and I think it agreed. I think it also heightens and makes the conversation between Ted and Sharon all that more meaningful because we haven't seen any of them you know yeah I I fully agree <sighs> I do think in terms of people who need therapy we should probably move on to young Nate the Great. Oh, gosh. Because I'm a little concerned about our little assistant coach. I kind of think that we're uh, we're going to start seeing a darker side of Nate as we continue on this yeah, season. For, for anyone who thinks that this episode was like Nate, you know, coming back and stepping up into his own, like, no. This is the beginning of no. Nate's villain origin story. <laughs> In yeah. my opinion, he has some deep shit that he needs to work through. You know, I think there is a couple of moments that I noticed when he is just, I mean, okay, right off the bat, we know like he's, him and his dad are not good. His dad is very critical of him, um, of everything yeah. that he does and has been clearly for a long time. So, you know, he's got some, some major issues in terms of, you know, how, you know, he doesn't, you know, feeling sort of worthy and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, it's in that, I think, the problem is he seems to be so deep in this that, Mm -hmm. especially with Roy coming back, you know, there's that moment when Jamie scored his ridiculous, amazing goal, and Ted kind of, like, claps him on the shoulder, but immediately walks over to, to, to Roy, and for just a second... You see that face of Nate's, and he's not happy. And and uh, again, I <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to be empathetic to like that mindset because sure. obviously, you know, Nate started out kind of as a towel guy, and like yeah. he wasn't getting a lot of credit or respect, and like you know, I, I want everyone to feel like they're valued, but I also yeah. feel like Nate, man, that wasn't your call. Of course Ted is going to be excited that Roy kind of figured this out. Like, yeah, you can't always have that kind of attention and you need to learn how to share it. Like, that's just a natural part of being on a team. So it is sort of a, you just want to like 
poke him in the face and be like, grow up. Like, just... I know. I know. And then, you know, and then, so we get this when, you know, after Ted is sort of, like, run off because of his panic attack and no one knows what to do. And I found that a little bit, found that a little bit unbelievable. That Coach Beard just suddenly doesn't know what to do. I know. And Roy, too. And Roy. Like, yeah, I found... That was a little... Is it, like, I I, I side-eyed it a little bit. Um... (laughs) But, you know, the whole thing, and then, like, I get, like, Nate is, like, he's, like, yeah, he knows what to do, and, and I genuinely believe that he does. He, he really knows how to, he knows football, he knows what he's talking about, but he's just, oh, like, the whole, like, spitting thing, I was, like, oh, good, again. Um, I just, know. Like, so, like, we get it. But, you know, and so I get that that's what's happening, and that they had to show that sort of progression, and, you know, and then the whole park the bus maneuver, or whatever it's called. <laughs> So, like, I get it, but it, like, even though it won them the game, you know, I just, it just kind of, like, leaves a sour taste in your mouth because you're just. Well, and especially because if if we go back, right, to that conversation that Nate has with Keely in another episode about being famous Mm -hmm. and how he wants Keely to help make him famous. Mm -hmm. So, to go from winning the match and everyone celebrating and Nate is alone in the office, scrolling on Twitter, seeing all of the reactions to his, yeah. his like, winning maneuver and also his little, like, post-game interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's relishing in that attention, you know? Even when Roy comes in to congratulate him, he's like, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. And then he goes right back yeah, to Twitter. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I have that note that he just, like, he barely, you know, Roy gives him a compliment that, like, let's be honest, compliments from Roy Kent... Do not come easy, no. dude. And Very you know few that. and far between. You know, so, and then the fact that he's like, yeah, yeah, thanks. And, like, he kind of even, like, just kind of, even after Roy walks away, there's just, like, this moment glance. And, like, and <laughs> Nick Muhammad is an amazing actor because. Oh, his, God, yeah. He like, kills it. He has these moments where, like, his facial expressions last less than a second almost. But mm-hmm. in that second, you're like, whoa, what is going yeah. on under the surface of this dude? Like, he's just mm-hmm. mm, so good. It's really, I think he's just, he just plays Nate so perfectly. And it's. Yeah. So interesting to see him be such a completely different person as in terms of last year's Nate to this mm-hmm. year's Nate that I think Nick is doing an amazing job. Yeah, I'm I'm so curious. I really do feel like we are being set up to have him become a pretty big antagonist. If not this season, but definitely next season. So I, like my, my little theory is that Nate might go to another team. Yeah, and I mean, become an, a, an assistant coach or a coach at another one of the football teams and become a pretty big rival too. Yeah, that AMC would be it. I would like that. That would be an interesting sort of. That'd be a good good conflict. Good, you know, sort mm-hmm. of. That would provide some some good plot. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Did you have any other favorite moments that didn't make it in in our? <sighs> yes. Okay. One of my favorite little like through lines this episode was. Beard and Jane's relationship and how everyone knows that it's not good for Beard but no one will say anything to him and Higgins is like physically like he he can't handle it like he just he's gagging throughout the whole day like he just (laughs) the poor man and and I I love I love Higgins I think Higgins has such an interesting moral compass 
I've really grown to appreciate him. I think he is constantly, like, proving that to me he is kind of the heart of the cast. Absolutely. And I I love that no matter how many people told him to not do it, he still pulled Beard aside that yeah. night in the parking lot and told him the truth. And in such a, like, warm and, and supportive way. Yeah. And instead of Beard freaking out, he gave him just this, like, huge hug. And I love. Yeah. I loved that moment. That was one of I my did, favorites. I did, too. It was, it was honestly, I yeah, I have it written down. It's, like, one of my absolute favorite moments is just, just Higgins being that friend. And that, mm-hmm. but, but, like you said, doing it in such a kind way and not being, like, Jane's not good for you. It's him being, like, do you feel like a better person when you're with Jane? And, like, I think that's such a smart way to, like, approach it with someone, mm-hmm. you know, and and maybe to help them when you don't make it about the person who you believe is the problem, but you just make it about them wanting them the best version of them. I think that's a yeah. huge, it's very smart. Oh, my God. And, and it has that effect on Rebecca, too, because she overhears their conversation. I think it definitely puts in perspective for her that, like, you can have these conversations. And mm-hmm. it might not be easy, but you have to keep trying and you have to hope that eventually they hear you. Yeah. So that was that was one of my favorite moments, I think, from this episode. Me I mean, too. there are a lot of good oh, moments, so but that good. was, I think, my number one. Yeah. I also loved when, just when we're talking, just because we're talking about Jane, I loved when Keely notes that, like, Jane is a little bit possessive and like one time and a little bit jealous and like she like followed Keely home to ask if Beard was shagging Ted once. Can I tell you the fake out on that joke got me good because I was thinking like oh maybe Jane's following Keely home because Jane thinks that Keely and Beard are having some sort of like something yeah. because that's that's the implication sure. but yeah, for, yeah. It to, for it to flip and be like is our Beard and Ted together I was like yeah <laughs> such a great and like honestly can we just talk about juno temple and like her amazing physical comedy like she is just i love that whole climbing over rebecca licking the chocolate from the fountain like just she's so the i i just love her she's just so great and she's She's such she's such an understated comedian Mm -hmm. because she has not she's even admitted it herself she has not been in a ton of comedic roles and she just shines in every episode she's just this like ray of sunshine this like she's so funny she's just she has great timing and it's just it's so fun to see her and she just she just makes me laugh she makes me enjoy every episode I love every scene that Keely is in I, there's something about her delivery, her facial expressions, everything about it. I mean, it's, yes. it's perfection. It really is. It really, really is. And then, I guess, did we have any others? I'm just trying to think if we had any other, like, Oh, yes. I mean, it's silly because Beard is always sort of the source of, like, some of the best one-liners in the entire show. <laughs> yes. But when Ted is talking about moms and their, like, specific brand of crazy and yeah. Beard goes, oh, yeah, full-blown QAnon. When he's talking about his mother. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I lost it. I was like, yeah, okay. We can all relate to that kind of family member. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Right? So true. Uh, Yeah. And, oh, the last thing was um, right at the end when um, Isaac and Sam and Colin are in the taxi. Yes. And Colin is... 
like knows every single line to the song he's just like singing away in his like very large leopard print shirt i just it's a look i loved it i loved it it was it was a great episode it really was so excited i mean this is like the halfway point right really i mean episode six so we we should really be you know starting to see the the fallout of some of these arcs that they're building so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm ready i think we are in for six more meaty episodes i don't there's so much still to come there's so much still to happen so much fallout as you say i think we are in for some excellent excellent tv in the next six weeks i'm so excited and i'm not ready (laughs) i'm not ready for it to be done (laughs) i know i know so speaking of Ted Lasso being done. We did have a question from a listener. What we were going to be doing with the podcast after Ted Lasso was over. And it had always been our intention to discuss multiple TV shows, movies. Um, That was really what we were going to be focusing on. Never one show, which is why we sort of chose a more broad name than yes. a specific name pertaining to just Ted Lasso. or So our plan right now is to finish Ted when until it, it finishes airing, which is like middle of October. Um, mm-hmm. And then our next big show, Daria, what is our next big show? The Witcher season two. Uh, Daria and I are, of course, super big fans of Mr. Henry Cavill. And, you know. Well, I think what we really love the most about Henry Cavill is what a nerd he is and how much he loves The Witcher. And it is so evident. Yes, And how he plays Geralt. It is like he was born to play this role. Yes. And we are super looking forward to season two. Just the, like, couple of, like, screenshots like we've seen Mm -hmm. it just looks so it looks so exciting i cannot wait to see siri and her glory i'm yes and i'm dying for my girl yennefer Mm -hmm. she's my favorite like i love her so much yeah so yeah we will be gearing up to cover the witcher yeah we'll definitely be talking about what we loved about season one yeah we do have a few weeks in between ted and Geralt. yes we have Um, we have about 10 weeks guys so we are opening it up to you guys tell us what you think uh, we should be covering in those weeks. Probably movies or like limited series that have maybe a maximum of three to four episodes just because we want to get through a couple of different things. But please email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com or you can um, send us a message on any of our socials. We are on the mall all the time. Uh, I will say, though, with Halloween rapidly approaching, my favorite holiday, we will be probably covering maybe one or two of our favorite kind of, like, spooky, magical shows um, and movies. And we are very excited to cover Practical Magic, the best, most quintessential Nicole Kidman, Sandra Bullock, witch movie of all time. Exactly. But otherwise, we're open to a whole bunch of things. Yeah, please drop us, drop us a message and um, let us know your suggestions and we look forward to seeing them. So yeah. Wow. So Daria, what are you vibing with right now? 
What is making you happy these days? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have been doing quite a bit of reading in the last few weeks. I don't know what sparked my sudden renewed interest in books. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I figure, you know, as a writer, it's probably important to like read a little bit, you know? They do say that is the key. And I recently finished... I know we discussed earlier um, Helene Wecker's Gollum and Ginny series, and of course, major shout out to those books. They're beautiful. But I just finished a trilogy by Rachel Vincent called the Menagerie series, and I loved it. It was dark and a little horrifying, but like had a great story. If anyone is interested in sort of like urban fantasy and... I don't know, cool creatures and so it's like paranormal. It's like paranormal. Yeah, so it's like this universe that's similar to ours, but there also happens to be creatures living amongst them, like elves and fairies and a whole bunch of like assorted creatures. And one horrible thing happens that makes all of the humans turn on all of the creatures in the world, and they are either killed. Or rounded up, the main character ends up in a traveling circus filled with mythical creatures. Cool. And it, it's just like a really fascinating story. It spans three books. They're all very good. I highly recommend them. But it definitely has gotten my like inspirational, you know, vibes flowing a Yay. little bit. So. That's so yeah. great. What about you? Well, I'm definitely not reading right now because I'm in <laughs> my um, not reading slump. what am I vibing with right now I'm vibing with my cleaned fridge guys go on tiktok go watch people organize their fridge it will change your life okay you need to buy drawers and buckets and little turntables for your fridge and I swear to you your life will never be the same I do love a lazy Susan you can get all the pickles at one time (laughs) and let me tell you we have a lot of pickles in our fridge for some reason we have to have every flavor. Wow. Don't get me started. My fridge is like 75% condiments, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I highly recommend going on Fridge TikTok and looking up how to organize your fridge because it's a joy to open my fridge. It looks like something out of a magazine, which <laughs> it did not before. <laughs> I love that. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I. It's <laughs> the small things in year two. I'm sorry. Stop it. <laughs> I feel attacked every time you say that. That's why it's uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, I just want to put on the record because it needs to go on the record. My own mother agrees with you on how to pronounce GIF. I I am correct, everybody. It is GIF. It has always been GIF. It has been GIF since the 90s. I will stand for nothing else, Jennifer. Okay, where can they find us? Because this podcast is over. <laughs> you guys you can find us at hotelvicarious.com or on social facebook twitter instagram at hotel vicarious well thanks for checking in to hotel vicarious and we hope you enjoyed your stay